Good morning and welcome to Oklahoma Real Estate on the move. This is Mark Carr, team member of the Becky Ivins Real Estate team, sitting here with Becky Ivins. Uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, we have a good show for you today. We're going to get a little deeper into title issues. Uh, this is a continuation from last week's show with Ron Shalott. And if you want to go back and listen to that show, you can... Subscribe to anywhere that you subscribe to podcasts, the iHeartMedia, the iTunes. Um, Spotify. Spotify. It is on Spotify. You just have to do Oklahoma Real Estate on the move. Or if you just put in Becky Ivins, you, know, you just put in your name. And remember that I could only afford one vowel in my last name, so I used <laughs> it twice. I-V-I-N-S. There you go. So, Ron Shalott, good morning. Good morning. I, I just wonder... Mark, when you open the show, do you sometimes just go on autopilot and forget and start to say, this is Becky Ivins? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell, I have never mistaken myself for Becky Ivins, even when I wear high heels. Yeah. <laughs> now, you better be careful because we have a special guest in studio today. Uh, yeah, there's trouble brewing in the studio. There's yeah. not trouble. There's yeah. a special guest keeping yeah. an eye on you. Yeah, so we have the beautiful half of your couple. My wife and- Marissa came with me this morning. <laughs> We're going to go to breakfast after this because today's our anniversary. Is it really? It is. We got married on New Year's Eve. Do you know today is my daughter's anniversary? <laughs> they got married on New Year's. It's Eve, It's a too. wonderful day to be get married, and so. they're they're going to brunch ah, today too. See, because. They ended what you up, do? I know. They ended up yeah. with four kids and no babysitter tonight. So, <laughs> Well, I was at the courthouse the last couple of days, and there were a lot of people at the courthouse. Uh, usually, the ladies would have these beautiful dresses on. The guys would have, you know, jeans and a <laughs> some kind of T-shirt or, you know, things that you might wear to work. And the lady would have a flower, and you kind of know what's going on. <laughs> well, we got married down at Beachside in uh, near Clearwater, near Clearwater, Florida. Well, the pictures were beautiful. I remember yeah. those. So pretty. And your family was all there. Everybody was there. It was just, we had a great time. Great. Yep. So we're talking to Ron Shalott. Uh, Ron, I'm going to ask you a question here. And this is a question that uh, I asked you yesterday, but... You were in the grocery store, and I was sitting with clients, so I'm going to ask the same question to you again. Some practical things. Are you going to get the same answer? I know, Probably not. <laughs> You'll probably go more in-depth because it was a noisy grocery store, so you couldn't talk to me too much yesterday. However, um, I was sitting at the table with, uh, I don't know, we, pri- we consider them almost family because it's family friends of ours. And uh, the grandma died earlier this month, and there's a will. Well, there. I'm going to ask you more than one question on this. I thought uh, you only get one question, then Mark has to ask the next question. Okay, well, Mark, you're going to have you to. You really think how this show works? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you've been here enough. Ron, know you've better, been right? enough. You know better than that. Uh, okay. They have, there was a Mr. and a Mrs. that owned the property, Mr. died some 
eight or ten years ago um, and and had a will saying exactly what was going to happen. And then the missus died earlier this month. It was a joint tenancy deed with right of survivorship. Therefore, they went down with the death certificates and the affidavit and filed it at the courthouse. So the property then goes into only the missus name, right? If you terminate the joint tenancy, the joint tenant is the one, if it's two, the joint tenant is the one that ends up with the property. If there's more than two, it could then uh, go to two or however many is left in the joint tenancy. But the old, the old adage is, who owns property that's in joint tenancy with right of survivorship? And it's the one who survives. Yes. Okay. Well, the what really happened is they told me that they were joint executors of the estate. Not co, but joint. Uh, because each of the wills named them... Because one was, a, it was a late marriage. I mean, well, late. I mean, I'm 20 or 30 years, but. Is this it, a blended family? It was blended with adult children. Okay, blended at, family, just for everybody to understand. When we use that, we're talking about a family where people have had previous relationships where one of them or both of them had children from prior relationships. They get married, so not all the children are children of both of them. We right. call that a blended family because you're blending two families together. Well, and they, in this particular case, the children were all adult by the time they got married. So, Mr. died eight or ten years ago. They filed the affidavit to, or is it an affidavit anyway? It's, an, ter- it's an affidavit. To terminate sure. joint tenancy. So, now the property is only in the missus name. Correct. Well, and that's the danger in blended families is because she could have done something to affect the property. And if it's his kids only, they might get shut out of whatever she does. And that's the danger of having a blended family when you don't have really good estate planning. Well, they seem to think that both of them are going to be execute, joint executors. And we shall see if we ever see the will. They... Okay, that's another thing. Each of them have a copy of the will, and it is a carbon copy uh, of the will, which means yeah. it's a pretty old. Yeah. Maybe and, they just called it a carbon copy. Well, and, and there, technically, you must have the original of the will. Now, there are some ways you can evade that a bit, but uh, most judges will not take anything but an original will. Now, I've had some situations that have been different. In fact, I've had it done differently about 30-some-odd years ago with a carbon copy, but uh, you can't uh, bet on that because the statute uh, really requires a uh, will that's an original will. And the reason for that, because uh, we talked a little bit about this last night, the reason for that is that once a person dies, what they own, unless it uh, goes by contract elsewhere, such as an insurance policy or a pay-on-death clause in a financial account, then it goes into an estate, and the estate is actually overseen by the judge, by the court. So the will, all that is, is that is, this is what I want to have happen, but the court has to determine that that is the last will and testament. 
So the and the problem is they they just seem to think and this is the second time this month that I have had this happen. You go out <clears throat> there's a will and you and both of them were late marriages with uh adult kids on both sides and both of them and luckily on both these families all of them are on the same page of how the division will be and that's and that's good but you have to prove the will that's what the word probate means is to prove you have to probe into the will is this the last will and testament or did she do something else out there she could have done a holographic you know the handwritten will uh a couple of weeks before she passed away that they don't even know about. She could have left everything to the Society for the Protection of Gerbils or something like that. I don't know. It's, you know, she could have done something that way. You know, you just lit up when you started talking about the holographic will. There's something in your little lawyer mind that's, that just loves it when things get a little messy. All <laughs> you lawyers, we have on the line our money man, Dean Riddell. In MLS number 196895. Dean Riddell with SWBC Mortgage. Good morning, Dean. Good morning, guys. How are you? Hey, we're doing great today. Uh, closing out the year on a good note and looking forward to another great year <clears throat> in the real estate business. Uh, what's it like in your business of loaning money? And you know, you know, Becky, I was looking back. Uh, I love the last two weeks of the year because that's when things, you know, kind of slow down a little bit, and you can regroup and reflect. And uh, you know, people are still out looking for homes right now. Um, I mean, our call volume has been good. Our contracts are, you know, in that pre-pandemic stream where they're they're coming in. Uh, but of course, not like what was going on in 20 and 21, but it is back in that North 19 environment a little bit. And what that really means is people are buying houses and there's not the rush to purchase, uh, because if you wait, if you hesitate a minute, it's not, there's not going to be a house for you to purchase. So, uh, that it's it's going to be what's your prediction by the way you know um i i can see 23 you know for me personally you know 22 was uh my biggest year outside of you know the refinance 2021 timeline that we had you know because refinances drove what happened the last two years um you know what, what they're projecting is volumes you know 23 is going to be down uh, a little slightly compared to 22, uh, but rates I think are going to stabilize. Or you know, they're projected to be in that six and a half to seven percent environment. You know, a year from now, uh, there are experts out there that are re- talking about it. I'm scared to repeat it, but you know, they're talking about we could see some slippage of rates into the fives come summertime, which. Um, I think would create a frenzy again, should that happen, kind of as to what happened in in twenty one and early twenty two. I'm also that. You, <laughs> you, you know, and I, but, but you, you you know, and I know a six and a half or a six percent rate's not a bad rate, though. Well, it's, so, it yeah. is historically not a bad rate. Yeah, but right, it's it's difficult for a current 
purchaser to live in a historic world. Uh, Agree. So they're all they've ever seen are the two and three quarters to four and three quarters rate. Right. Uh, so now that they're facing higher rates, uh, it's difficult to pull the trigger on a higher rate. The the good thing about this is the. Uh, this environment is that they can refinance. So right. what, what are your rates today? You know, you're, you're going to be probably in that six and a quarter to six and a half environment. Okay. Uh, so it, it's a good number. It's one that I say don't sit on the sidelines. And if you're really interested in buying a house, now's your time to, to make than, it happen. Better uh, than wait, wait until it's 8%. Thank you very much, Dean. I saw Dean Riddell yesterday at Chicago Title closing. It was always great to see him at a closing. Yeah. So thank you, you Dean Riddell. If you want to get a hold of Dean Riddell, Matt McLean, SWBC Mortgage, you can give him a call at 405-858-7770. That's 858-7770. We will be right back on Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move. News Radio 1000, KTOK. Welcome back to Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move. We are here with our honored guest, Ron Shalott. We love all when Ron's here. Well, Ron's a wealth of knowledge, yeah. and he doesn't mind sharing that knowledge with us. He, In fact, he educates us so much, it would be tempting to act like we're a lawyer, <laughs> wouldn't it? But no, that's, I, bet, I bet that comes out of my mouth at least twice at every single listing appointment. I take a second of personal privilege to give kudos to Larry Stein today. Oh, okay. Yeah, last week I got a letter from his office uh, on a probate deal, and the na- this lady had a lot of different real properties, and she had them in different names. And he's, his office sent a letter and said, I'm not sure that this actually transferred in your probate because the names don't match. And uh, so I had to do a correction on it, which was fine. But I appreciate the fact that his office sent that out so that years from now, the client's not calling me going, what happened? Because, as you know, those names have to match to have that marketable title. Do you know, I had a notable guy uh, in Oklahoma City that I did his real estate business. And uh, before he died, and he died it was he was older, but it was still a sudden thing from from uh, an injury. But he had told me about two properties that he owned that were not in his trust, and he had a great big company. And the uh, he didn't want his attorneys or accountants to know about it because uh, they would want him to sell those properties. And he had longtime friends in those properties that he was just letting live there. And so when they they called me, the attorney did, and asked the direct question, are you aware of any other properties that he owned? And to me, if it's a direct question like that, I've got to answer it truthfully. And I said, well, yes, I am. Well, now, that was his his attorney after he's passed away? Yes. Well, you should have called me. So I'll talk to my lawyer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm not criticizing your answer. I'm yeah. just, that's always the thing that people will say is, that, let me talk to my lawyer yeah. before I... Well, I do that me. on most things. This, I just would, would well, have preferred well, to friend, stay out of it. Your friend uh, there could have, 
if he didn't want anybody to know, he could have set up a completely separate trust that nobody else knew about, you know, called it whatever, you know, the Barney Rubble Trust or something, and put that into it and, and done with that. Uh, and nobody would ever have to know it, make it a private trust. It's possible to do. Because that's the big thing with trust, right, is it can be completely private. It can the be. the ownership of it. Unless there's some reason that somebody brings something into a court uh, where you have to expose some aspects of the trust. But, yes, a yeah. lot of it is, is to be kept private. That's the whole idea of it. And you can have more than one trust. A lot of people think, I can only have one trust. No, you can have multiple trusts to do multiple things. So if you want to leave some to the kids, you have a trust leaving some of the kids. But then your secret stash stuff, if you want to leave that to something else, you can do that, and the kids would never find out about it. I like where we're heading with this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were asking about a, a copy of a will. Yes. And, and, and uh, actually, when we were doing our end-of-the-year law uh, program a couple months ago, I had with me the uh, Martin versus Martin case, which just came out in October of 2022. So it's, Two months ago. Yeah, we're still, still this year. Yeah, so far. And in that, uh, it was a situation where the court ruled that a photocopy of a will that does not bear the decedents, that's the deceased person's, original signature or those of his witnesses fails to comply with the Oklahoma statutes and cannot be admitted to probate, citing the Oklahoma Supreme Court case, no, a Court of Civil Appeals case of a good one. So uh, that's... So if nobody Generally finds the law, if nobody finds the original will, that just means they die without a will. Well, there, but there is a footnote because there's another statute that says a photocopy may be admitted as a lost or destroyed will if certain requirements are met, and there has to be certain requirements of evidentiary proof that the will was inadvertently lost and not purposely destroyed. Because one of the ways that you uh, vacate a will if you've got one is destroy it so uh, you don't have to replace it with another will you can just burn it if you wish and that will destroy the will and that signifies that you have rejected that will and no longer want it to be in effect well when you do when you sign a will uh, make sure that somebody knows where the original is well and i told people uh, what I suggest that they do. It used to be they put it in a safe deposit box in a bank. Well, we don't have a, a lot of those now. And I've had a bad situation where a bank, and I don't even remember which one it was, and I don't want to remember, uh, told one of my clients, we will not release the contents of the safe deposit box, nor can you see them. You have to file for a probate, uh, get appointed as a personal representative, then send that to us, and our lawyer will file a will if there's a will in there. And I thought that was a very bad thing to do from uh, the standpoint of business for the bank. So I had to file a, a probate without a will and suggested there could be a will, there may not be. We don't know. Uh, then asked for appointment of my client uh, and got my client appointed as personal representative of the estate, would be an administrator there. And then sent that to the bank's lawyer, and that lawyer then filed a will that they found in the safe deposit box. So it's filed with the court? The filed will with is? the court, yes. 
Okay. Yes, because the court, as I said, the court actually oversees the estate. The court controls as to where things are supposed to go. Somebody's got to judge that. Uh, so consequently, that's what the court does. And the will is a direction to the court as to how things are supposed to go and who they nominate to be the personal representative, to be the executor or the executrix, if you want to be technical. Uh, but the court doesn't have to appoint that person. The court could appoint somebody else. Or if the court finds that that person isn't acting appropriately, it could remove them and reappoint. When we come back, after the news break, we'll be taking your calls. You can call in at 840-1000. That's 840-1000. Talk to Ron Shalott here on Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move, News Radio 1000, KTOK. Welcome back to Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move. This is Mark Carr, team member of the Becky Ivins Real Estate Team, here with Becky Ivins and our special guest, Ron Shalott. And it's time for our word of the day. Today is brought to you by Robbins Roofing, where their word every day is trust. You can trust Robbins Roofing from a small repair to a complete replacement. Give them a call at 728-3700. That's 405-728-3700. Okay. Our word of the day, Ron. What would you... Well, I, I would have said trust, but Mark's already taken that, so oh. <laughs> I'll have to come up with my own. I've taken all your trust. Uh, that's right. Uh, how about Testament. Okay. Testament. Uh, because we talk about a will, but it's actually last will and testament. So what does that word mean? Well, there's the old, there's the new. Mm-hmm. Well, it comes from Latin uh, that is actually uh, means to witness. And when you think of testament, you think of, oh, test, somebody testifies in court or I testify to this. I, I testify that Becky Ivins is a, is a good realtor. You know, those kind of things. And then giving testimony. So your last will and testament is your last witness, your last statement. Of course, your last will, the thing that you wish, but then your last statement as well. So testament is that statement uh, that is made that uh, gives uh, either affirmance or, or negative to certain aspects. And in this case, who would you like to operate your estate where would you like things to go, and how would you like it to be handled? So that's our word of the day, testament. Brought to you by Robbins Roofing. And we'll be taking your calls. If you want to join the conversation today, you can give a call at 405-840-1000. That's 840-1000. This morning we have Chris on the line. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. What What's Good your morning. question for us? Go ahead. Okay, uh, I tried to get a second mortgage a while back on my house. I have quite a bit of equity. I've got a 30-year mortgage. I've been here 20 years, and in the process of trying to get this second mortgage, I had a bankruptcy seven years ago, and the credit union I was trying to get the second mortgage from said my my mortgage was my original mortgage was never reaffirmed from the bankruptcy. It doesn't even show up on my credit report, even though I've got a good credit rating. I've always made the payments. And uh, through the bankruptcy, I decided to keep the house and the two vehicles, but it was never reaffirmed. I called my attorney, and they no longer handle bankruptcies, and they told me to call my present mortgage company and ask them 
how would I reaffirm the mortgage so I can get a second mortgage? What do you suggest about, I mean, how do I go about reaffirming the mortgage? I mean, I can sell the house and I can live here as long as I make the payments, but I can't get a mortgage against it, a second mortgage, unless I reaffirm the first mortgage. Well, the concept of the bankruptcy does impact uh, the, the debts and can impact the title. So you certainly have to be aware of that. I would contact that first mortgage company, talk to them, uh, see if uh, they have deemed it as reaffirmed, and if so, they can send you documents to that effect confirming that, and you can take it to whoever you are trying to get a second mortgage from and see if they will accept that. But, of course, getting a mortgage is not a matter of right. It's a matter of privilege, so a company doesn't have to do it. And if they deed it, deem that it's not a uh, risk they're willing to take, they don't have to. And, and so... In that regard, if if that doesn't clear it up, then you would want to talk to a lawyer who handles bankruptcy work, perhaps, and see about uh, what you can do. I don't think you'd necessarily have to reopen a bankruptcy. It depends upon if there was an asset or no asset bankruptcy. There's a lot of ins and outs to that because bankruptcy is a very specialized practice area. Okay, I appreciate your help. You're welcome. That's kind of complicated. Thanks for calling in, Chris. That was a great, great question. I think it'll probably help a lot of people out there. And we have on the line one of my favorite people that we work alongside, the great Ken McBride, president of Chicago Title. Good morning, Ken. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, okay. Good morning, Ken. Uh, I have a specific question for Ron that I want you to weigh in on, okay? Uh, okay. The When there is and a, a death okay we've got kind of a well i don't know i'm working with two of these maybe they're not real complicated or or uncommon because we've got two right now where there is a blended family adult children uh of these folks and both of them have wills that are very specific uh however they uh both of them are under the impression that since they have a very specific will and everybody is in agreement that they can sell this without going to probate. Uh, so the question is, is can they get title insurance? Can the new buyer get title insurance if there is not a probate? Well, the quick answer is no. Uh, there needs to be a judicial determination of some sort uh, as to the status of the title uh, and and how the title has passed on. And I know that to most people, they may think that their their will is very clear and uh, and that there's no questions about it. But when you get into court, it's surprising how many questions can actually come up, uh, particularly if family dynamics are uh, are in any way complex but the the quick answer is that uh, in order for the title to be marketable it must be deducible from the public record and the there has to be if you know the whole idea of the will there has to be some type of judicial determination first of all as that that is the will and and the will has to be uh, submitted to probate and then there has to be some kind of judicial procedure either to sell the property through the probate or to distribute the property to the heirs through the probate. So the, the quick answer is no. Now, many people 
place their property into a trust in order to uh, to simplify the process uh, after they pass on. And there are circumstances where where a trustee, uh, a successor trustee, can handle a sale of property without going through probate because the property wasn't owned by the decedent. The property was actually owned by the trust. Okay, that's a great answer. Well, and, and to compliment Ken, that's, that's an excellent answer. The other aspect, too, that people don't think about is there is a creditor's issue that in a probate and an estate administration, creditors, people who are owed money by the individual at the time of their passing away, can come to court and say, hey, we're owed some money, and therefore we're owed some money from this estate. And you have to give those creditors an opportunity to present their claims and seek payment from the estate. So for a title insurance company to uh, allow that to go through without a probate, and this is, again, not not within a trust, uh, would uh, come into question as to, well, what happens to those creditors? How are they satisfied from the estate? You can't just pay that money then to individuals. And I if I remember I can, uh, in that kind of a situation where it's through a probate, uh, the check will actually go to the estate, not to the individuals. Is that correct? That is correct. If, if the sale goes through uh, as a part of the probate rather than a distribution of the property, then uh, then the sale from the pro from the estate, the proceeds actually go to the estate, and then those proceeds are distributed in accordance with the order of the court. So, if the probate has not been finalized, the do you have to have a separate checking account for the estate of, or can it just go into that person's checking account? It, say they've got a another signatory on the the account. Well, the bank would probably require an estate account be opened because you also have to get a tax ID number at that point. Uh, uh, The individual has passed away, so their tax ID number, which is their Social Security number, is no longer active. So the estate itself would need to get a tax ID number. Okay. Do you concur with that, Ken? Absolutely. Good deal. That's two votes, yes. Okay, <laughs> that's that's two awesome. Votes, yes. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're you're very welcome, and and it's so good to hear from you all. Oh well, thank you for calling in. I I texted Ron about seven thirty this morning on my way into the show and going. You know, I've got a question we need to ask you. Could you <laughs> could you give us a quick call? You texted and, Ken. Ken. Yeah. McBride. Right. Right. Yeah, don't get your lawyers mixed up. Yeah. There's, there's, there's total trouble when that happens. Kim McBride from Chicago Title. Happy, Happy New, New Year, Year. Happy New Year to you. Okay, and that's the guy we trust uh, with our closings. I mean. Yeah, incredible. I think we have time before we go to a break. We have another caller on the line. Good morning, caller. Hi, happy anniversary to you. It's mom. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Mike Gannon did not give me the name of who was calling in. And uh, this is. Okay, it's it's mom. I am sure that many out here will know who you are. Marilyn Carr, counselor in the Putnam (laughs) City Schools for many, many, many years. And my mother. 27. 
27 to yep. be exact. There we uh, go. But anyway, I love I, I love your show. Ron Chalot, you're one of my favorite to listen to. And Becky, I, I enjoy hearing you and Mark go back and forth. It's really great. I wanted to put in one note, though, when Mark's, when Mark's dad died, passed away in 2000, uh, we looked at our title, took my title to have it put in my name. It had both names on it, but it it just said Anne, and it made us a partner, and it wasn't uh, a survivorship. Is that what you call it? Right. Yeah. Uh, and I and I had to go to court and get an attorney, go to court to change it with an original will. It was quite a process. So I always ask my friends, when's the last time you looked at your title? (laughs) For sure. Do you know, I talked to uh, a title attorney last week and I said, well, you know, we've got a little issue here because this is joint tenancy, but it does not say right of survivorship. Exactly. Do you know what her answer was? Well, in Oklahoma, it's what? assumed it's with right of survivorship. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going, this is different than anything I've ever heard. So what's your thought yeah. on that, Ron? That would have been a good Ken McBride question. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's my thought. <laughs> but but actually, mm. yeah, I, I would be hesitant only because, uh, and, and God bless Ken and, and all that for what he does, uh, when you're looking at it from a lawyer's standpoint or handling the probate or doing a will, the thing you're always thinking about is not so much what you think, but what's that title attorney in the future going to think when they look at this and give the opinion as to whether this is marketable title or not. And I've had to, dis- I have had to call up a title attorney before when there's been a dispute and say, well, no, this works because of this statute or that statute. And uh, sometimes I've uh, won that uh, argument, and sometimes I haven't. Well, and Ken McBride has told me before, Becky, it can be correct by law and still not something that we feel comfortable writing title insurance on. So it can, you know, just because you get an attorney and they do it correct by law does not make that a marketable title for a title insurance company (laughs) to write title. And I have seen this situation come up way too many times, and that's why we've talked many times in this show to look at your title, check the title to see mm-hmm. what it is, because I've had a, a good friend of mine who uh, bought the house with his wife in the same way. It, it was not clear, and if it is not a with rights to survivorship, it's considered what we call tenants in common, which means each of you has an undivided one-half share of it, and your one-half share Uh, can go to wherever you deem it to go. It does not automatically go to your surviving spouse. It gets complicated, which is why you need a good attorney at law. (laughs) And one that we depend on is Ron Shalott right here in the Metro. Mm -hmm. And how would someone find Ron's contact information? Easiest way is go go to BeckyIvans.com, click on Becky's favorite. You'll see Ron Shalott right down there and um, has it. Link to his website, also direct phone number. Is, we is learn there. a lot from Ron Shalott. We certainly do. We've had this theme of title, like of names on title and checking your title for about three, three or four weeks in a row here. Well, which, that's which because means, it's important. To me, I go, 
somebody needs to hear this. And if you are out there and you don't know what your title is, like exactly how it's worded, exactly what type of title it is. What words are left off the title that might be very important. Please, please check it. And if you are unsure about how to do that, just call our office. We'll help you with that. The, the, our office number is 405-722-3232. We would love to just help you. We've also talked about situations, and Becky's brought this up, where people have filed false deeds on the title. And, and that is a, an issue. I don't know if it's so much in Oklahoma, but I've, I've heard it a lot. Uh, to make me worried about it. And you can check Oklahoma County very easily going online uh, and find out what does your title look like presently. In fact, on my phone last night, in less than 30 seconds, when I was sitting with these people, I said, well, let me check on my phone and see what your title says. And I pulled up their deed, pulled up the previous deed and the previous deed and showed it to them. So, yeah. Easy to do. Well, Mom... Thanks for calling in. <laughs> Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy Love New Year to you. Bye-bye. We'll be back with more on Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move, News Radio 1000, KTOK. Welcome back to Oklahoma Real Estate on the Move. It is time for our smoking hot deal. Our smoking hot deal is brought to you by Casa Perico Mexican Grill, located on the south corner of 122nd and Penn and on 63rd, just west of Meridian and in Yukon on Route 66. So our smoking hot deal today is 2600 Jeans Trail in Edmond. That's in the Heartland Middle School, which is kind of an important thing because it's a very popular middle school. It's a very popular middle school, one of which my wife is the drama teacher there. At that middle school and a football coach. That kind of accounts for the drama in your life, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> she is the least dramatic drama coach that I've ever I've ever met. So cool. yeah. So this this home, our our smoking hot deal, it is a three bed, two bath, uh, slightly over twenty one hundred square feet, built in nineteen eighty four. That's a big three bed, two bath. That's what I was thinking too. Like the, it must. Large rooms, well, large eight, rooms. Got, 84, that is large living rooms, usually with cathedral ceilings. You're spot on. Does it have a fence around the formal dining room inside? Uh, that is, in the 80s, you come, come up with big, vast living room, usually one instead of two. And then you have the, what I call fences inside the house, which are, you know, yeah. just little separations. Has a great backyard with just three really beautiful trees, right? Really well done. We're getting ready to list another house. So if you're looking for a three-bed, two-bath in the Northwest or Edmond area, uh, call us because those go so fast. Yeah. And uh, this is a longtime resident-owned home, so uh, it's in good condition. So, okay, we're here with Ron Shalott. Ron, I've got one last question. Maybe we are beating a dead horse here, but, uh, and I'm a horse lover, so I probably shouldn't even use that expression, (laughs) but (laughs) uh, tell me, tell our listeners the importance of a will. Certainly, because if you don't have a will, then you don't have that last will and testament, so your estate becomes intestate, 
In other words, without a final declaration, without a final direction. And there is a statute that sets out what happens, uh, other statutes that set out who would oversee the operation of your estate. And it may not be the way that you would want things to go. If you have been blessed with any kind of assets at all, you certainly should then be a good steward of those assets by having a will. Please get a will. I've had too many situations this past year where people have passed away without a will, and it's very frustrating, especially with blended families, because that becomes a big issue. And certainly if you've had a will that's uh, been quite some time ago, 80s, 90s, whatever, look at it because it can be outdated. But please do not have a DIY will, not a do-it-yourself one, because those things are a nightmare. They can be dangerous. There are certain idiosyncrasies in the law that can completely mess up your estate plan. Well, and you and I have been dealing with an outdated will with a property that we're trying to sell. And, I mean, the will was so old that the laws have changed many times since that will was written. So there's certain things that are left out of the will that were not an issue 40 years ago. Well, and you also have different uh, family structures that are involved and where you especially have second marriages, which are not uncommon uh, these days because, uh, you know, people, if they could dissolve their marriage or you know, their uh, prior spouse passed away and they get remarried, it, it can be a, a big problem. Uh, sometimes it's better to do a trust than try to get two wills because a will can always be changed, but you can create a trust that would not be able to be changed by the succeeding spouse because, again, you don't want the situation to be where your uh, estate plan is compromised by the fact you've got old or uh, outdated documents or documents that don't exist. There's a lot to it, and to find Ron Shalott, you just have to go to my website, to Becky's Favorites tab on BeckyIvans.com, and you're going to find his contact information. But if you've got a pencil, I'll give you that number. It is 405-528-2891. I was I was almost close. And <laughs> I bought a car last night, and Will Bysel sold it to me and he's listening to the show so happy new year will uh we love the vehicle and i think that we'll be hearing more from you later thanks for being with us oklahoma real estate on the move news radio 1000 ktok